ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Evening Jones. Be honest with you about the lie I just told. You know, I like to start this thing off here with a story, you know, give you some kind of feeling about what my life is like, something like that. And so right before we started this, I said a tweet and I was like, ooh, you love the story I'm going to start with. Man, I ain't got no story. <laughs> I ain't got no story at all. I've been sitting here trying to think of something like halfway humorous. I can tell you that's happened since the last time we was on this thing. I ain't got no story, man. My bad. It's just the outright fabrication. Anyway, I guess that means I should probably just go uh, straight to your questions. Donna Brazil really thinks she's doing a public service by signing with Fox News. Yeah, I saw the story about Donna taking that job with Fox News that uh, I I think, like most people, found to be uh, surprising. I don't think I'd go so far as to say it was startling, but I would definitely say it was surprising. I'll say this, though. If you have not read the interview that she did in The New Yorker about why she took this job at Fox News, I recommend that you do before you get too willy-nilly with the judgment because I don't think that she believes that she is doing a public service. From what I could tell from that interview, though, she does believe that there is a certain challenge that comes from taking her message over there and trying to reach some of those people. Now, you may have your own level of optimism or pessimism about that sort of approach, but I can understand to a degree uh, where she is coming from. Uh, The other part that I guess this is what made me think a little bit. What I don't have a handle on as somebody who is like not really watching Fox News and not really like hanging out as far as I know with that many people who are watching Fox News. I don't know how many people like. I think the assumption that most of us have in our heads, if we talk about like a Fox News viewer, um, we are thinking about somebody that's like pumping their fist at everything they hear when they're watching Fox News. I don't know what percentage of the audience like watches it in that way. I just don't know. It is entirely possible that that percentage is like 95 to 100%. Um, it's possible that it's 50. It's possible that it's like 35. I really don't know. So like, how effective you can be with her message on what many would term to be enemy territory? Hmm. I don't know. Also, myself personally, and I can't speak for nobody else, but I need to be honest about the fact, man, I don't be sitting around watching Fox News. I don't know what the hell they got on during the day. Like, for all I know, they got liberals like that just pop in on their show on their shows all the time. I, I really don't know. I don't I, I did I was on Fox News one time. And that was after the uh Donald Sterling thing. I did was it reliable sources with uh well, I don't even know if it's called that because that's what it was on CNN. Howard Kurtz. I did a show with him. Um but like I'm not informed enough to know like how it is that she's gonna fit in with what they're doing over there on Fox News. I don't know. Um, I also would be like totally surprised if she made it all the way through a contract. Um, but she thinks that there's an impact and influence that she can have over there. I guess we're going to find out if she's right. Um, but what I don't think is going to happen is that like Donna Brazil is going to go on Fox News and all of a sudden she's going to start kicking it in a different way. That would be something to make me look up at them and be like, what the hell is it that you're doing? But I don't think that's going to happen. 
Um, now, is there like a fear that they're going to try to like, basically, does that network underestimate Donna Brazil? And I don't know, like what they have in their minds about what they're going to do with her. I don't have any idea. And I think that question is one that's, a, you know, pretty interesting and one of a certain level of importance. Um, but no, I don't. I mean, I found her explanation to be more reasonable than I think a lot of people will give her credit for being. Appreciate the question. Let's try this one. What are the 10 best nonfiction books of all time in order AD era early? Lance, let's kick Michael Morris out of here, please. Thanks. Let's see here. When taking a gamble on student debt for graduate school, is it really just a gamble on yourself or naive and short or naive and short sighted with how student loan student debt has crippled hundreds of thousands? Um, my outlook on education is one. If you have an option that will pay for you to go, then to do that. In the absence of such an option, I would say to do what it is that you can afford. Um, the other part would be, and I think that people like speak of going to grad school or getting a master's in very general terms. Um, if you're talking about getting a master's degree, you need to be talking about doing that with a very clear plan of what you, this master's degree is going to allow you to do that you cannot do currently. If you just are going to grad school to get a master's degree because you think it's a good idea to have that, that's bad business right there. Like, you need to have a plan. Like, this ain't like college. Like, college, you got to go in and figure that shit out while you're along the way. But if you're talking about going to grad school, no, nah, if you don't have a plan for what it is that you're going to do and how it is that it's going to make you this bread, then that ain't what you need to be doing. Appreciate the question. Let me see what we got here. You ain't want to talk about us, the movie, on Twitter. What about here? Okay. Um, I went to one of these. I went to a premiere for us. You know, the Jordan Peele joint, the uh, Lupita. And uh, in that buddy that was one of the Q dogs in um, Black Panther? Isn't that the dude that was in there? Okay. Um, I thought it was an entertaining movie. Is that okay? Like, is that enough? I thought it was an entertaining movie. Um, but man, people are going to outwoke themselves with this one. Um, and I did have some things in there that when I got to the end, like me and my brother were like, yo, I don't fully understand how all of this adds up. I could not tell, and I am not certain that the grand concept that he laid out, like, ties together as neatly as it probably should have uh somebody asked how long it was i think it was about two hours but like i mean as as a scary movie it is a good scary movie but let me tell you about this right so i went and saw it at this premiere in new york this woman reached out to me and she was like yo we have this premiere you want to come let me tell you about the passive aggressive shit i did i don't know if passive aggressive is the right word but anyway i got my 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 dates mixed up and i looked up and suddenly it's the day of the screening and i was supposed to have rsvp'd if i was going to go by tuesday and so i hit the lady up and i was like hey um 
I just wanted to tell you thank you for the invitation. I know we've gotten too far past uh, the date for me to go, but I wanted to make sure you knew I received it and that I appreciate it. And she hit me back and she was like, oh, no, we've got room. And I was like, oh, that was exactly what I was hoping for. Like that. That's what that's that's exactly what I was going for. Because, look, me coming in and asking late wasn't going to make it happen if it couldn't happen. You know what I'm saying? So I just wanted to say thank you for what she had. If they had it, I figured she'd probably tell me. So anyway, she told me. Um, and so the premise behind this one was like hashtag us first. I mean, it was a room of wall to wall black people. It was very like internet prom like. Um, but it was like room wall to wall black people, and the idea was that this was like the first screening or something like that. And so there's us first. Yeah, wasn't no back of the bus for uh uh-uh. We was right there for anybody else. All right. And so then right after it started, or right before it started, they had to join it and it was Lupita and uh and uh Jordan Peele. And it was a real like, yo, once you guys check this out first, you know, thank you for all your support, you know, and thank you for your support of black films. And yo, I was like, this feels kind of uh, what you call it, a little bit manipulative. You know, like I understand what you're trying to do here. Like we all black and shit, right? Like, yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah, it's good that people is like looking out for the black. Yeah, okay, cool. But like, don't don't be leaning on me before I watch this movie. Let me make up my mind if I like this or not. You're not about to guilt me. I'm not liking this if I don't like it. But anyway, yeah, I thought it was good, but I i mean, I came out of it with the same feeling I had when I came out of Get Out, which was, this is good, but I'm not, like, really so caught up in, like, any deeper allegory or anything like that. Like, just as a horror movie, I thought it was a good horror movie. I'm not the biggest movie person in the world, so I may not necessarily, you know, be the right, like, the person that you're asking for this level of analysis. But yeah, man, I just thought it was just, like, it was a good movie. Uh, that was that. I also... And maybe there's some explanation to it uh, at some point that'll come up. But, like, I do think that Get Out had the racial subtext that would move people to try to figure out more. I didn't, not this one. Not this one. This wasn't really what they were selling there. And so I'll be very curious to see how it goes over, um, like, critically and all that stuff. Because I found it to be more apolitical maybe i just didn't get it right but i found it to be more apolitical than the other one appreciate the question let me see what else you got here i saw on facebook where this new dude tried to get a girl to go with him on his uber eats job as a date is this just a new dude thing or is it more public because of social media? I actually happened to see this just before I logged on to do this show. And so this dude was saying, and it's not even so much that he asked little mama to ride with him while he made his Uber Eats run. And I would also like to note, I don't know how old he is, you know, because let's be real about this. You can make that work in college. Right. Like in college, you could absolutely pull that off. Like, look, man, I'm just going to be riding around doing this Uber thing. You're trying to hang. You should be trying to hang. You know, college is the only place you can meet a woman. You ain't got no money. Um, And so. This cat. It's not even so much that he asked her to ride is his explanation was 
instead of going out while I spend money, why don't you ride with me while I'm getting money? And so little mama was like, nah, why don't you just holler me when you can take me out? And the dude was like basically something to the effect of, yeah, man, you know, they expect you to da-da-da and all this stuff. And guess what? Yes, they do. They do. They expect you to take them out. They expect you to spend money. Them's the rules. You can complain about it. You can whine about it. You can say about how this is wrong. All of that. You are 100% correct. That's the game. That's what it is. I don't know what to take. And I got to be real with you. I got to be real with you. I wouldn't like on no kick like this cat. But I had a much stronger appreciation and respect for these sorts of arguments when I, too, was broke. Like, I am not broke anymore. But when I was broke, I could hear where y'all was coming from. And see, the part of the thing with me, too, when I was broke, and I can't speak about how these other cats is living. And this is something I do think that gets lost in this for women when talking about dating and being like, oh, well, you know, I really want you to just take me out or whatever it is. Okay, cool. The thing is, chances are, it's not that I'm going to take you to somewhere that I can't afford, but I am going to take you somewhere that I can't afford to go all the time. Does that make sense? Like, I feel like to a degree, like, 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 you know, and I could be wrong about this. This is, this is like anecdotal, but like six, seven women, hey, we just all going out to dinner together, right? They all going out, they all ordering appetizers, all that stuff. Like this kind of thing happening in early twenties, like all the way up and down, right? Like this is just like the kind of things that went, yo man, maybe it's just me. But me and my partners was never like, going out nowhere like we're not just having dinner all the time you know we're not just going to restaurants in that way you know we're not just getting all our fellas together to go to brunch like we don't spend money like that and now you're talking about spending money for two like this is particularly when you're younger right now you talk about spending money for two hey man most cats really ain't got the bread for this but the expectation of the game as it is laid out is that you as man are doing things to cost bread. You know, my man in the chat room talking about start with the fast food joints. Dog, man, you can't do that after you out of college. That ain't going to work. Right? That's not what it is. Can I tell you all about a finesse move, though? I didn't even know it was a finesse move. So, like, I just turned 22. And I met this woman. She was like, Three, four years older than me, somewhere in there. Anyway, she had a real job. She has real bread. And like I had worked an internship the summer before, and I came with what felt like some bread in my pocket. The internship paid $5,400 a month. I was getting $3,600 after tax every month. I had a little, I had a little dough in my pocket. You know? So I had a little dough in my pocket. I'll never forget, it's the first time a woman ever ordered a drink at dinner with me. And at first, I was like, what you doing getting a drink? 
like, I drink at the crib, right? Like, I'm like, yo, man, like, don't you know that drink costs like $8? Uh, and by the way, I took her to the Olive Garden. I didn't know no better. But anyway, I took her out, and it rolled real well. And then later that week, she's like, hey, you know, she asked me if I wanted to go do something. I can't remember what it was. And I level with her, right? Because I had a little dough in my pocket, but that dough had to stretch. And so I level with her. I was like, hey, I got to let you know. Uh, I'd love to go, but I really ain't got the bread for this. And she's like, I would never ask you to do anything if I didn't have the money to pay for it. She's one of those. And I was like, oh, okay. Brian never paid for nothing else again. I just, she, she just stayed coming up with stuff that she wanted to do before I could come up with another answer. She was like, yeah, you want to go to this comedy show? I sure would. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Um, nah, man. Nah, you got <laughs> you to be able to take them out. Yeah, the gang got a cover charge. You can't afford to play. That is unfortunate. Um, I don't know like what level of finesse it is that you need to come up with if you're trying to figure out how to do this without spending no money, okay? No matter what, you're going to have to spend some money. That's what it's going to be, all right? And, hey, don't get me wrong here. I talked to a few women that have wound up in situations where they wound up having to be the ones to bear the price of, like, a dating relationship. And, hey, when they got to be the ones to pay, they do tend to look at things a little bit differently, right? I don't want you to think for a second that I'm saying that that is not the case. Yes, this expense is going to hit you. And yes, they wind up having to do it. And they like, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I was expecting a little bit too much. Yep. All of that's the case. But guess what? That ain't going to matter if you the one that's got to pay. And you got to pay. Sorry. Them's the breaks. Appreciate the question. Let's see what we got here. How old is too old to enjoy subwoofers in your trunk? I'm from the South, kind of used to it. I actually had the thought the other day, and maybe one of y'all can help me out with this because I don't really know the answer to this myself, but, like, are people still getting subwoofers? Like, people still, is people still got their trunks knocking? Now, again, I don't live in a place these days where this kind of thing is really just going to be what's prevalent in these streets, but, you know, I have to admit, they have come a long way um, with factory speakers. Factory speakers are much better than they used to be. And I'm no longer kicking it with people that's going to take the energy to replace the head unit and, you know, put some 12s in the trunk or whatever it is. But are they, are they still moving 12s? Okay, they still moving 12s. Honestly, like 22. 22 is about the time that you need to move on. From having like at 22, if you want to get an amp and run that to a couple six by nines in your back dash, that's cool. Maybe if you want to get like one eight and a crossover in the trunk, that's cool. But you just can't be no grown man like knocking down the street. You can't do that. Now, my man said I moved on at 26. I was a late bloomer, though. Now, I would make the argument, though, the chances are if you had it at 26 that you probably had gotten them speakers well before then, and I wouldn't expect you to remove the speakers from your trunk if they were already there. But I do miss having knock, man. 
Like, my man here said, get a Chevy with the bows, you're going to be all right, man. We ain't talking about, like, I ain't talking about bows. I'm talking about some knock. Right? Like, bows is dope, but you don't get bows for the knock. Yeah, I'm talking about some knock. Ooh, man, love having some knock. Oh, apparently my man got his speakers at 26. Hey, man, we all live different journeys, baby. We all live different journeys. Appreciate the question. Let's see what we got here. Are you surprised that the topic of reparations has made it to the early portion of the Democratic primary? Yes, I am very surprised that the topic of reparations has made it to the early portion of the Democratic primary. And I got to be honest, this should make you stop and ask questions. I said, like, hey, man, what exactly is going on here? Like, what, 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 what's, what's, what's happening here? Um, Because, yeah, let's be real about this. The majority of the electorate doesn't care. They don't. And so this being the issue that has come up as it has during this time, I'm not sure, like, what kind of litmus test people are going for um and pulling this out and the internet discussions surrounding the issue feels real bot like in a lot of ways so yeah how long is it going to be here and what's going to happen as that becomes the topic of discussion in the general that's what's going to be telling i honestly ain't even really paying no attention i don't think anybody needs to pay no attention to what that topic of discussion is in the primary i don't think that's going to be nothing that swings anything in one direction or another but how will that be weaponized in the general and if you have somebody who said in the primary they were with it are they going to ride that out when it comes time to the general that's what i think will be interesting but yeah i'm a little surprised appreciate the question let me see what else we got here Oh, uh, somebody asked about that dude uh, trying to have a little mama ride around while he delivering Uber Eats and said, is he broke or stingy? Oh, no, 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 no. That dude is broke. I tell you that right now. That dude that's riding around and as old girl to ride with him while he delivered Uber Eats, he's broke. Because um, I'm looking at like what the prices are that we are paying ourselves in order to make the Uber Eats happen. They ain't breaking them off but so much. Like if you got a real gig, and you got to get off work and then go drive around for Uber Eats? Nah, man. There is a good chance that you are brizzoke. You know? Like, stingy. I mean, I imagine some cats are stingy. I do believe that that happens. And I can't speak for them. Like, I can definitely say I speak for me. That as my bread got longer, I suddenly got more selfless. Like, I could slide off those principles just a little bit more. The th- I this is the this, I'll say this part I kind of said it a little bit before but I'll say it again in a different way but I think this matters and I think this is something that women need to keep in mind man dating as a young dude is not easy and you know why dating as a young dude isn't really easy so like you're 23 or 24 like somewhere in that range let's say you went to college you got out you got you a halfway decent gig. You can't be really out here like still hollering at college students, right? You know, you 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 probably need to be out here hollering at other grown-ups, right? But you just ain't, I mean, your bread is not long. I read the studies, man. I know these cats ain't got no money. And so it's not even simply that you don't have money. 
But like a lot of these ones that you want to holler at, when this dude that's 27, 28 shows up, when he was your age, he didn't have no money. But guess what? Three, four years, you might not be backstroking in money like uh like Uncle Scrooge, but you got a little more money in your pocket. And you can do some things that that little 23, 24-year-old cat is not able to do. Right. Now you think about like like for real. I mean, this is something worth considering. You hear all the time about like people when they talk about when it's time for them to save money or whatever it is, they like stop going out to lunch or they cut down on going out to lunch as much and they bring lunch and now you know what the money is that they save when they do that. And so it's like, okay, cool. Uh, like I remember a woman talking about, she would say like $250 a month, something by like bringing her lunch rather than going to lunch the way that she did. Okay. $250. How much dating you doing with $250? Not really. Like, like how much dating are you doing with $250? Not really that much. Like one thing that we would tell people if they money was running short, well, what do you need to do? You probably need to stop going out to eat so much. You know what I mean? Like, that's the kind of thing that you tell people. You probably need to stop going out to eat so much. That's something that you should do in order to save money. And so what you're telling these cats is what you need to do, you need to stop going to eat out to eat by yourself so that you can save up to pay for two plates when you go out with her. I mean, that's a thing, right? Like, not all these cats are just out here being stingy, man. A lot of cats is out here broke. Now, there's one dude talking about that shout-out to the ones that hold you down until you get it together. Yeah, whatever you say. Um, you need to also keep in mind, also, this, I held you down until you got it together. One, the nature of the game dictates that just because she was there holding you down don't mean that you're going to be there, like, once you were in a place to do something better. Uh, that's number one. She ain't responsible for, like, doing this for you. It's preposterous. She ain't got to do that, you know? And you ain't going to probably pay back no loyalty on the back end. So, like, be careful with, with like, what that is or whatever. And, you know, and maybe, you know, you become the cat that figure out some ways to go about, like, kicking it for the cheap. Like, one thing about a city like New York is, like, you got some options for doing this for the relative cheap here. You know, museum-type stuff, parts, you know, like that kind of thing or whatever it is. But I will tell you this. She will see through it very quickly if you keep picking up, picking out these activities that don't require spending no money. Please believe that. But I do think a lot of these cats is like legitimately broke. And it's hard for me to judge them at this point. It's been a while. You know, since I was broke. All right, appreciate the question. Let me see what else we got here. Adam22, a YouTuber, got pulled up on during an interview. What's the most dangerous thing that's ever happened to you during an interview? Literally nothing. Yeah. Literally nothing. I don't really traffic in the space of dangerous interviews. I traffic in the space of interviews arranged by publicists. I don't really know that space. Like, I've seen something about these YouTubers that's out here. Like, is this Adam22 guy? Is he one of these dudes in Chicago that's out here doing this? Oh, this guy's in L.A. But now I saw something about some cats in Chicago. And look, they out here doing some for real good work. And they out here getting some stories that other people would not get. But I don't care nearly enough about informing y'all to risk my life behind it. Like, we you know, people that be out here, like them war correspondents, the people that be out there, like, in the battlefields 
and they out here like taking notes to come back and write stories. Psh, you want to know so damn bad, you come out here. We see we can sell some tickets. We put some bleachers over here by the battlefield, and everybody get to watch. If you want to see it that damn bad, ain't gonna pay nearly enough to go do that crazy shit for me to do it. Hell no, nah. I ain't about to. Hey, I'm about to go to Chicago and interview some of the toughest gangsters in the world. I'm not. Why would I do that? Appreciate the question. Let's see here. Why was I so upset when I saw Cory Booker was dating Rosario Dawson? I honestly have no idea. Appreciate the question. Let me see what else we got here. So I was trying to explain to a friend who's 30 plus how a first date at Applebee's is setting the bar too low. So I guess it works for some ladies. I don't really understand what it is that you're saying right there. But I'll say this, man. Look, if Applebee's is what you can afford, then take it to Applebee's. I'll tell you this, though, for the prices they charge at Applebee's in whatever little town you live in, I am sure that there is a better place that you could take her than Applebee's. But if you can afford Applebee's, then take her to Applebee's. That's fine. But if you can do better than Applebee's, then why are you taking her to Applebee's? If you can do better than Applebee's. And dude, I hear talk about you got to start small. Yeah, if your money's small, I guess. But you can start small and do better than going somewhere like Applebee's. Like, I feel like I'm talking to some 17-year-olds right now. Come on, man. Get on the internet, bro. Holla at your homegirls. Your homegirls know the spots because if the women I've dated for the last few years are any indication... They do all kinds of Googling to figure out just stuff to do. Your homegirls know all the stuff. Ask them. They can let you know. But if you can do better and you out here trying to keep the expectations low, then you are, in fact, stingy. And ain't no charm in that. Appreciate the question. I'll also say this, and I can't speak for y'all, right? Because I don't know what y'all's like dating experience has been out here. Mine has overwhelmingly been fantastic. Like I have dated a bunch of wonderful, kind, creative, intelligent women, right? And just about all of them were also really generous. You know? Do right. My guess is it'll come back for you. Like, you out here like, yeah, you need somebody to hold you down when you broke. Nah, man, you want somebody that's going to rise to the occasion like you do. Just about every woman I've ever dated has been that way. Now, maybe you ain't dating women that rise to the occasion like that, which tells me you got some personal problems. I'd also ask you to keep in mind, and this is something worth considering, man. Men make more money than women um, based on discriminatory type of stuff. You know what I mean? I can understand an argument for some expectation to do is kind of pay it forward in a way because of that. But either way it goes, all this, how I'm going to do this without spending money, you're going to need to be creative. And if you are creative, go ahead and be creative. But if you're not creative, man, you better take it somewhere better than Applebee's.
And you know damn well if you're not creative. Appreciate the question. Let's see here. I met you once. I had to show you and everyone how much of a fan I was of yours. After I walked away, I thought to myself, that is annoying, and I know it myself. Is it annoying to you when fans want you to know how much they listen or know about your shows? No, it is not, um, honestly. I, what I look to pick up on from people is, like, appreciation. And what I find overwhelmingly when I come across people in public who recognize me and appreciate my work is appreciation. And if you appreciate what I do, I greatly appreciate you telling me that. Um, the things that are annoying are, like, when people just start a conversation with me with no level of salutation. That's annoying. Um, when people try to, like, take pictures on the sneak, that's annoying. That kind of stuff. But no, like sincere, for a lack of a better term, gratitude. No, that does not annoy me at all. And I thank you for it. All right. Appreciate the question. Let me see what else we got here. Thoughts on the admission scandal. Oh, yeah. I haven't been on since that uh, thing came out with them people like lying and cheating to get their kids into school. Um, I do think it is interesting. All right. I don't know. All right. So this is this is what gets me. This is the way I'm going to approach this here. And you let me know if I have missed this because I didn't read so much after that first broke. But I did read a bit. And what I think we have here. For some of these people, not for all of them, but at least for some of them, is that they were kind of at an in-between place when it came to influence, which is to say they had enough money to pay this dude to engage in all this chicanery in order to get their kids in school. But it doesn't sound like they had enough money to make a sizable enough donation to actually get their kids into the school. Right. I mean, because, again, there are legal ways to do what they were, in effect, trying to do, which is just to give a big old check to the university that normally gets the job done. But it seems like we're dealing with people that were not capable of writing that big of a check. So, like, you know, you talk about Yale. Is a million-dollar donation going to get your kid into Yale? Like, especially if you're not of the network, is a million-dollar donation going to get your kid into Yale? Like, what's Yale doing with your million dollars? What's Yale's endowment? Like, $20, 25000000000 billion? You know, like, what? Like, is a million dollars really going to do it to get your kid into Yale? My guess is probably not. Like this dude saying it should. Can you do math? Jump 434? If they got $25 billion laying around, your million is nothing over there. Nothing. So if you ain't got the money for a big enough check to like put your name on a building or something like that, then you got to go to other means. And these turned out to be the other means. So what I think is interesting in this is that this is the nouveau riche like basically somebody found a way to get money from the nouveau riche to try to allow them to do the things that old money does. That's the part that I think is very interesting in this that has been lost. I'd also like to note that there are dudes out here losing their jobs in football and basketball because they giving money to other people. And little did they know over here in these fancy pants sports, those coaches are getting checks. One of those coaches made something like, what, $3.7 million running this? 
That dude out here getting $4 million for doing this. It's cats out here losing their jobs behind $25,000. Think about that. Those coaches get money when they cheat. Yeah, like those are the things that jumped out to me. Um, Otherwise, I mean, yeah, people will go to great lengths to try to get their children into the colleges that they want their children to get into, and it probably has less to do with the children than it has to do with the vanity of the parents. I don't think there's anything earth-shattering about that part. Appreciate the question. Let's see what else we got here. Do you believe that some of the kids had no idea what their parents did to get them in the schools? Why would they tell the kids? Like, I imagine that some of them knew what the deal was, but why, like, what reason would they have to tell the kids? So they could go tell? Like, I feel like questions like that, you know, like, do you believe some of the kids had no idea what was going on? I feel like black people look at that question completely differently. And I hate to be one of those black people do this, white people do that sort of thing. But, like, I remember when Cam Newton was having his situation to, uh, you know, with Auburn. And I would have cats in my line of work be like, well, if my dad had done this, I would go demand some answers. I ain't never demanded an answer from my father in my motherfucking life. Like, is that what white people do? Y'all be demanding answers to your parents. Because I don't really know no black people that's out here demanding answers from their parents. I don't know them. So, yeah, like, do I tell them why? Dude said Aunt Becky's kids knew for sure. I mean, maybe they did. Right? Maybe. Now, here's something else, too, because I see Chris say in the chat room, I miss eight questions on the SAT total, and it's those kids that would ask me how I got into school. Um, and granted, I went to an HBCU for undergrad, and maybe white folks thought that about me when I was in grad school. I have no idea. But I ain't never had no people like running up on me questioning how it was that I got into school. Like, maybe I just wasn't talking to as many white people in school as I thought it was. Was they really out here asking y'all all these questions? Like, was they really getting in y'all face about that stuff? I had no idea. But even if they did, like, people got some real resentment over the fact that the white folks didn't understand why it was that they got into school. And I guess I just don't really give that stuff no whole lot of second thought. Like, I don't care why they think I'm in first class. I don't care why they think I'm in the building. None of that. I ain't worried about that for a minute. I get that some of y'all are, but not me. All right, I think I can get one more and we can get out of here. People ask me if I watched the Theranos doc. I did, but I'm probably talk about it on the right time, not on here. Oh, here we go. What is the most indelicate, indelicate question you ever saw Dan ask? So I used to do a TV show called Highly Questionable with my buddy Dan Lebitar. And Dan's thing is, Dan, get out here and ask you anything, right? Like, he is capable of doing things that I'm not going to do because I just ain't got the stomach for it. But Dan got it in him. He's going to ask you whatever it is that he wants to ask you. He wants to get to the deepest, darkest, hardest point in your life and all that stuff. And I would say the most indelicate thing I ever saw him ask wasn't a question, but we had Kevin Durant's mom on once, and this is when LeBron was still in Miami and out of nowhere for reasons I will never understand. Dan pops up with, LeBron's better than your boy. And I was just like, what? Like what, 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 what? And she was flustered. I was like, why, why, why did you do that? I don't, why, why, I don't know why you did that. 
Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us here on the Evening Jones. Try to do this thing here once a week if we can. My man Lance Gilliam handles everything behind the scenes. Thank you, sir. Remember, if you can't watch the Evening Jones live, subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to the iTunes store. Subscribe at Stitcher Radio. Check us out at SoundCloud. We are also at the Google Play Store. Um, and yeah, wow. I ain't even good at the autopilot like I used to be. I must be a little bit tired. Anyway, holla at y'all in a few days. Take it easy.